This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE IntelliNews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE IntelliNews. E-commerce in Russia is booming, growing at least 10 times faster than the real economy. However, its share in retail remains relatively small, at about 4.5% of retail turnover. In many ways, Russia's e-commerce is mirroring the development of the supermarket sector. A few large companies have emerged, and the race is on now to grab as much market share as possible before the sector begins to consolidate and the IPOs happen. I sat down with Alexander Shulgin, who's the CEO of Ozone, one of the three big players to talk about his business. So, Alexander, very nice to meet. And um, with the tech sector, um, which is booming, and everyone's been talking about um, how the Russian economy is constrained, 2% growth maximum, and that Putin is in the process of the national projects to try and revitalize it. But that's the old economy. The mm-hmm. new economy is a totally different story, and it's growing ten times faster than the mm-hmm. rest. I mean, literally ten times faster. Mm-hmm. And as I understand, Ozone, as one of the three big players in e-commerce, you're actually growing at 70-80% a year. Mm-hmm. So there's these two different stories. I mean, it's a sort of... Um, how can we explain this, this division? Well, in our sector, in e-commerce, we see a huge opportunity for growth. company was growing last year at about 80% year-over-year. Now we see acceleration of growth, like to triple digit, and there is opportunity to grow in faster. Penetration uh, of e-commerce in Russia is relatively low, but demand is huge. I mean, it's, there is plenty of unsatisfied demand, and as we develop logistics channels, and bring our goods closer to where people live, we see that people are absolutely happy to buy virtually everything online. So I remember when Amazon started, um, and it started, the model was Amazon. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think in the beginning, if you typed in Amazon.ru into the URL bar, you got taken to Ozone's page. And that didn't, yeah, maybe, right. maybe a long time ago, a long time ago. <laughs> but as I say, um, it started. It basically, to what extent is it a copy of the Amazon model? I mean, now you're into general retail. I mean, it did start with books. Didn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, that was the ori- origin of the company. But but now you're you're a general retailer selling everything. I mean, what what is the model? Is it to copy Amazon? I think um, e-commerce companies, are, I mean, big e-commerce companies, have lots of similarities. What we have now is a combination of a retail business and the marketplace. Marketplace where our sellers can put their goods on our fulfillment centers and we would pick back and ship the orders to our customers. And there is also a virtual marketplace where a seller would store their inventory in their fulfillment centers and we will do only delivery. And of course, we also have our retail business. We launched Marketplace less than a year ago. Now it's getting close to 20% of our GMV, meaning that it's growing very fast. <clears throat> and uh, we just started to utilize its potential. For example, our sellers are currently only from Moscow. We plan to open the Marketplace for all sellers across the country so that any small business in any place 
can ship the goods to Ozone Fulfillment Center and we will open the opportunity to sell nationally. Right. Which means that uh, for people in Novosibirsk or I don't know, some central part of Russia, it's an excellent opportunity to get access to millions of customers across the country, including the capitals, which is like, it's a very different retail business, a very different environment for small and medium business across the country. To what extent um, is this still driven by Moscow? I mean, we've always said about Russia that there's two Russias, there's mm. Moscow, and Moscow population-wise, is larger than most of the Central European countries. I mean, you can view Moscow as a country-sized mm -hmm. economy. And the regions, you know, people talk about the regions being backwards, um, although in the meantime, a third of the regions are actually doing very well. Mm -hmm. um, but your business is Moscow-focused? I mean, obviously, you must have an ambition for nationwide coverage, but how far down that road have you gone? Aton started as a company which services Moscow, and of course, as you said, Mo Moscow is a very big market which is similar to European countries. Uh, it, it will always be a focused mar market for us. But actually, commerce thrives in, in the regions, because people in smaller cities or towns across the country, they don't have access to well-developed retail. So assortment is uh, much more narrow and prices are higher and the commerce completely solves all those issues. So we provide unlimited Moscow-type assortment and Moscow prices to people who live in small cities. So we see Russian regions growing at <coughs> steadily at triple-digit growth rate for several years already. And I think this growth rate will continue to be as high for the next three to four years, at least. Uh, isn't that one of the reasons that e-commerce is doing so well in Russia? Because you actually have this geography, this geographical uh, of problem. Course, because yes. Russia is not a sensibly organized country. I mean, there's a European Russia, and then there's mm -hmm. you know everything outside the Urals. But developing retail uh, is difficult because the distances. Are so distances big. are very big. Uh, it means that physical retail has to locate lots of inventory across multiple, multiple locations where demand is not as big to justify big inventory and wide assortment. So it's an ideal place actually for e-commerce where you allocate big store lots of inventory in book fulfillment, big fulfillment centers and do delivery in maybe one to three days and provide very attractive price. And that works, I mean, the... Um the uh, the logistics of delivery, mm -hmm. and I actually understood that one of the things that's been holding Ozone's development back mm -hmm. is that you hadn't invested enough mm -hmm. in your distribution and, and logistics, but that's changing now. Yes, I think this is what the reason why Russian e-commerce was so underdeveloped, because simply there was not enough investment in developing logistics uh, channels and also finance centers. So given the distance, I think a well-developed e-commerce player would need six, maybe seven locations across the country to cover the population with the next 24 to 48 hours delivery. And this should be sizable for the centers to have uh, like high efficiency operations. We develop three delivery channels. We do courier delivery, as any e-commerce player globally does. We also do lockers, 
and locker, lockers, lockers, automated lockers, they're growing at a very fast rate. Like currently, it accounts for 15 to 20 percent of our sales. People love this channel because in Russia, courier has to meet a customer to transfer the goods, which is not very convenient. Mm-hmm. Locker is a very convenient delivery channel because you don't have to meet anyone. <clears throat> And we also do self-pickup points, of course, for bulky goods, for apparel. And so how does the lockers work? I mean, you work, you invest and mm-hmm. build lockers and people come with their phone or something to open them? Or? People come with a phone. It's uh, We send the barcode to open the phone and you just show the barcode to a scanner at, at the locker and the uh, box opens. It's, it's, it's very convenient. And these are in shopping malls or...? We place them where, as close to places where people either live or work. So typically these are offices or retail outlets in proximity to residential locations. Like for example at X5 stores at Petrochka's. And how many of those do you have? I think now we're the biggest operator of lockers in Russia. Uh, currently have close to 4,000 lockers in, installed. Plan to finish this year with about 7,000 lockers across the country and we'll continue to place them as much as we can. We see that this channel is very, very interesting from cost per order perspective for us and very convenient for customers, but people love it. Retention and NPS level of this channel is very high. And how do you get the goods to the lockers? Have you invested in your own distribution center? You have your own warehouse? Oh, couriers. Couriers deliver. Your deliver. Own couriers? Yes, yes. So the guys who service customers, they also fill the parcels to lockers. And how many cities are these lockers in? So we try to place them as wide as possible. Of course, currently we focus on bigger cities because like, the market demands tens of thousands of these devices. And basically these are very, very basic things. So you started with the Milionki, the, the, the yes. media started systems. with Moscow. Mm. I think less than, yeah, about 15 months from now, about 1 or 2 percent of ozone sales will go in through lockers. Currently it's over 15 percent, touching 20 percent even in some places. So the potential of this channel is very high. Right. But uh, this is not to say that other channels are not important. Courier delivery for big, heavy, bulky items, for kind of household supply items, courier delivery is a must-have channel. Right. All of the companies, though, you're kind of replicating the same distribution. Uh, why don't you use Pochta Russia? We use. Yeah. We use uh, Pochta Russia, of course. Having own courier, uh, first of all, we use lockers of Pochta Russia, but they don't, their fleet is substantially smaller than ours. Mm. We use delivery network of Pochta Russia. Fulfillment centers, uh, Russian Post doesn't have this service. Mm. So that's why we open our own fulfillment centers. But uh, when there are opportunities to use the third party service, we do. In Basically, you know, in operations, in transportation, in fulfillment centers, in logistics, wherever. 
but uh, all this industry is not very well de- developed in Russia. Yeah. So it makes sense initially to do our own thing and then outsource. Yeah, but that's going to come at some point. I mean, Eventually, it's, of course. It's like the towers yes. in the mobile business that yeah. you need to build your own tower in order to expand your market but eventually everybody should share the towers and all cut your costs. Absolutely, yes. The most valuable asset in this business is a customer, mm. loyal customer. All other things like fulfillment service or logistics service or long-haul delivery can be and will be outsourced eventually to operators who do decent quality work. And why is e-commerce growing so fast. I mean, you said, I mean, basically it's a change in mentality. People are now willing to buy online. And how new is that? I mean, we're talking now 10 years of development and people get comfortable with spending money over the internet and ordering. I think now all basic things, fundamental things are in place for e-commerce to start growing. Basically, everyone has mobile phone. cost of mobile internet is very attractive. It's, I think, one of the best globally, and the coverage is very high. Uh, people are willing to buy online because, like, you cannot buy, for example, an airline ticket without paying online. So people now trust payment systems and trust reputable online players like us. Maybe even uh, entrance to the Russian market uh, players like Alibaba helped. Mm. Because people learned that paying small amounts of money online in commerce players is fine. You get delivery eventually. So they are willing to spend big amounts with local players like Ozon. And we also see that the trust of investment community in the commerce has substantially increased. And we see a substantially big investment coming. Like Ozon was, uh, was able to raise substantial amounts of money hundreds of millions of dollars recently, which we put in into development of fulfillment capacity and logistics channels. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that people, people love it. People <coughs> love e-commerce because it's so convenient. Like millions of SKUs of different products available online delivered to your home or to a locker or to a self-pickup point which is located where you live or where you, you work. You mentioned Alibaba, I mean, that's been one of the features of um, Russian e-commerce is that I remember a few years ago um, in the Russian Christmas, January, that mm-hmm. Pochta system actually collapsed mm-hmm. under the weight of all the Russians were buying mm-hmm. goods in the Western European sales, which were very cheap, and having mm-hmm. them sent to Russia. And the volume of packages that arrived in January was so big that the the yes. system collapsed. However, then it very, very rapidly it switched away from Western Europe to China, mm-hmm. and that's been driven by the Chinese e-commerce, which has been very aggressive here as well. And now um, Alibaba and Alipay are coming to Russia and making mm-hmm. it easier and easier. I mean, don't, don't you a feel the competition and you know the whole sourcing of goods from the ones that come in from abroad are increasingly coming from China and not Western Europe. The growth rate that we see now demonstrates that, I mean, growth rate of our company, that market is so immense and huge, potential, that we don't even compete with Alibaba. I would say we jointly develop the market. We convert people from buying offline to online. And this whole combined efforts of different players help to grow, to expand the market substantially. I think it's very far to, like, 
real competition between the players. But <clears throat> our customer proposition is very different. Delivery time from China is substantially longer. It takes several weeks to deliver. While we deliver typically, like where we have fulfillment centers, we deliver next day or in 48 hours. And the product mix is very different. Goods from China are typically lightweight, so phone accessories or apparel, while we deliver all kinds of items, including heavy ones, bulky, which are impossible to deliver on from China. So what are people And buying? we also see, sorry, in our marketplace, we see that sellers, they quickly learn what sells on Alibaba, and they import it to Russia and sell on Amazon marketplace. Right with prices which are very similar, competitive versus Alibaba. So I think whoever has local customers and has local infrastructure will win the market. I think Azon is very well positioned to become this player. And, and what are people buying? Uh, I mean, you, you take Wildberries, um, which mm-hmm. has also been a phenomenal success. Mm-hmm. And they recently have been doing more clothes and they just overtook Sportsmaster to become Mm -hmm. the number one retailer of clothes, which is the first time an e-commerce business has Mm -hmm. overtaken a bricks and mortar business uh, to become the the market leader. But the mix of goods, how does that break up? Everything. (laughs) Literally everything. Like We started with books, for us books was a big category, now of course other categories have substantially surpassed it. But the biggest ones are apparel, FMCG items, home and decor, uh, what else? Food, mm. dry food uh, with a longer shelf life. Mm. Uh, I think fresh also has very high opportunities, but it requires a different logistics. And eventually it will come. But I cannot even name a category which is not growing very fast. Most of them are growing at high double digit or triple digit growth rate. And what about sourcing the goods? Um, again, the typical uh, impression of Russia is that it's a giant petrol station and that you have diamonds and oil and gas and mm-hmm. metal and that's what Russia produces. But what you're talking about mm-hmm. is light manufacturing, mm-hmm. medium weight manufacturing. Um, which is not seen to exist. Yeah. I mean, do you, are all the goods produced in Russia? I would say there is no big difference versus other countries globally. Mm-hmm. Electronics is mostly comes from China, big international brands, but produced in China. FMCG and food items are produced locally, typically. Decor, uh, textile is mixed. Half China, probably half uh, local manufacturing, auto spare parts, most of them are produced locally. So uh, it's a global economy, so we source from where it makes sense and where from where customers want to buy. Yeah. But there's lots of local manufacturing. So your business also, you're involved in the procurement of, you know, stocking the goods, so you're mm-hmm. importing some, you're buying some locally. Mm-hmm. Is that not? The demand that you create then, um, and as a big player, you must be putting in big order, order, um, orders, doesn't that stimulate investment into light manufacturing and you know, FMCG production in Russia? Well, e-commerce is still relatively small. Mm-hmm. So yes, local demand creates opportunity for local manufacturing. I think 
like currently still brick and mortar retail, especially food retail, is still substantially bigger companies, mm. which even create local manufacturing. Many companies currently have their own private labels, which are produced locally in this country. But eventually, as marketplace grows especially, this will create a situation where local manufacturers sell on the marketplaces like us nationally, which is, an, I think, ideal product for a small and medium enterprise, which, is, which, which does manufacturing because it can immediately list the product and we will take care of shipment across the country, connecting to customer and uh, selling, selling the goods and we will also do returns. Because the share of e-commerce now, if I remember correctly, is about 4.5% yes. of GDP mm-hmm. and in 2024 is expected to double to around 8%. Um, and 4.5% of Russian retail is a significant business. Um, nevertheless, it's still, as you say, a relatively small part mm-hmm. of retail. And 8%, of course, is you know, much more significant. Um, and it's going very fast. But you're still, if you think of it as a hockey stick, you're still in the lower part of the mm-hmm. stick. Um, it's accelerating. But how, how far is this going to go? I mean, what point... Will it mature? What do you think you'll eventually end up with? Like 30%? Share of the commerce is growing in all countries, everywhere. No one knows where it will stop growing. But in Russia, I think it can easily be 30 to 35%. And this is like the next 10 years? Yes, I think so. And I think with bad execution from top players like us, the growth rate, I mean, share of the commerce will be growing faster than what is what we have seen several years ago. So the as, as quality of service improves, mm. more customers are willing to do more shopping online. So the share gain will accelerate in the next several years. What about your competition? I mean, you're not alone, and you've got um, Yandex and Yandex Markets, and mm-hmm. then they were talking about tying up with Sparebank, but then Sparebank Seem, Gref seems to have had an argument with them and they've gone with Mail.ru and there's some other very significant players um, who are moving into a mm-hmm. similar space. So the competition between the market leaders is only going to intensify and they're bringing more and more resources um, to this business. Do, do you, you said you don't feel the mm-hmm. competition now because it's still fast growth stage. Market is very, very fragmented currently. There are like thousands of e-commerce players in Russia. It will not be this way. Uh, in e-commerce business, as actually in all internet businesses this happens, the biggest players start to accumulate share and eventually the market splits with several very big players taking majority of the market. Consolidation will, will start happening, but so far, what we see is that all restrictions of growth are inside the company. They are not driven by competition. So our ability to develop logistics channels, our ability to place new fulfillment centers, this is what restricts us. We, frankly, don't feel much of competition. <clears throat> uh, there is lots of PR announcements, but I don't see that... I mean, most of the small players in the commerce don't have enough resources to develop the logistics and develop fulfillment capacity. 
uh, maybe a couple of companies are really doing it. Maybe three, four companies. Three quarters. Yeah. So what? Sberbank, <coughs> Sberbank, I mean the index market, they have announcement that they are opening fulfillment centers, but so far they haven't done it. Walters has a big fulfillment center in Moscow and announcement placing new ones. But I think we're actually we're ahead of most of the players in our plans and execution of mm-hmm. placing new fulfillment centers and developing multiple delivery channels. So this all sounds to me because I was watching the, the birth and rise of the supermarket business. Mm-hmm. And there, there was just, uh, for years, and it was about 10 years, there was just basically this race to open as many stores as you could, as fast as you could. But I think it was already last year that suddenly, and particularly with the slowdown in the economy, that people stopped racing to expand mm-hmm. their network, and now they're focused more on profitability, and they've even started to close some of the less profitable stores, mm-hmm. and there's a sort of rationalization. But you make it sound like we're at that beginning of the race where simply get as much market share as you can, as quickly as you can. E-commerce is way more efficient. We don't need to open tens of thousands of fulfillment centers. Uh, Azon eventually will have, I think, about six across the country, which is not a lot. Like Petyorochka has, I, I don't remember how much, but about 15,000 stores. So our investment in CapEx is substantially more rational. And delivery channels, this investment is very opportunistic. So basically what we do, we rent vehicles, delivery vans, and invest in lockers, which are easily movable from location to location, as, as well as cars. So it's very flexible investment. As we see demand growing, we invest. And most of this investment comes in the form of rent. We rent the vehicles. And each individual locker is, doesn't cost lots of money. I mean, I would say cheap, cheap devices. So, yes, our use of funds, I would say, is substantially more uh, efficient than use of funds in physical brick-and-mortar retail. Let's talk about the financing. Um, you recently took in, how much was it, 5 billion rubles from your investors? Yeah. And as I said at the beginning, the the analyst reports I read said that you were restricted by um, the lack of investment or the need to invest into your logistics, but you've just taken a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're now, it seems to be more aggressively expanding and investing more heavily into your distribution. Is Mm -hmm. is that correct? Well, this year we're opening one of the biggest, if not the biggest fulfillment center in Moscow region the biggest uh, in Russia. Next year we're opening about four fulfillment centers across the country. So yes, we as a company we have accelerated our investment in infrastructure, but scale demands it. The company is growing at, uh, as we discussed, 80 to 100% year over year. And the financing of that, um, your, your two main investors are Sistema and, and Bearings. Yes. And they provided that money, um, how, how, how was it given to you, as a loan or...? Uh, the recent transaction was a convertible loan, so that when the company attracts, uh, if the company attracts new investor, the loan will be converted at the valuation of this uh, new investment round. The, our shareholders are like, big believers on the e-commerce model. 
and are willing to support the company. Uh, how much do they of the company do they own? It's like 40, 40? Yeah, about 40 percentage. Each, yes. Yeah. And Barings has been in from the beginning? Barings invested in Amazon in end of 2000. So they're really long-term shareholder. And system? In 2014. 2014. Now, Sistema has made a lot of really savvy investments uh, over time. I mean, into the mobile phone companies mm -hmm. um, when they started up. And they they have a big focus on e-commerce, do they not? And you were not, aren't you the biggest investment that they have? In the commerce, definitely, yes. And so now they're pumping in money. I mean, they see it as a prospective investment, and so they're... they're um, I think opportunity of growth in e-commerce in Russia is huge. This this will be the biggest, say, technology slash consumer sector in the country. In, and the opportunity for growth is 15, 20 years. Mm. Capacity for growth is for many, many years. So makes sense to invest in this, in this industry. This will be one of the fastest growing industries. And do you have a long-term CapEx plan? I mean, you, you plan to go back to the investors for more money, or is this this round and then you'll finish and see what happens next? Well, the, given the growth rate, I think e-commerce will require and Dazon will require additional investment rounds simply because the growth rate is so high. Uh, but uh, we do it in uh, steps. Mm -hmm. So we open new fulfillment centers and complete our investment program and then we decide, I mean, together with shareholders on the board of directors decides to what extent we continue the investment program. But most likely the company will continue to do investment rounds in the future. At the moment you've raised the money from your existing investors, um, mm -hmm. but if I were a foreign investor, I mean, are you going to come and tap the market in the form of loans, debt, bonds, IPO at some point? We look at different opportunities, of course. Because I was saying, when I we started, um, mm -hmm. that I, I met first with uh, Ozon, whatever it was, 10 years ago, when it was mm -hmm. just getting going. Um, and at that point, they were already, Mariana was already looking mm -hmm. at preparing for an IPO. But then, of course, 2014 and recession and what have you, it got delayed. But mm -hmm. is that not back in the cards? I mean... Well, that's eventually up to shareholders to decide if and when to IPO the company. Mm. But uh, we definitely, as, as a management team, we look at all options of finance of the company. Because here, in this, in this industry, there is a very clear link between investment in delivery channels and fulfillment capacity and growth in taking the market share. And in a way, it doesn't make sense to IPO now when you have so much growth clearly ahead of you in a relatively short time. I mean, the reason why I ask is because... Well, you know, Amazon did IPO like many years ago, so yeah. it made sense for them. And of mm -hmm. course you've got Bearings, and Bearings' most famous investment was into Yandex, mm -hmm. and then that went to the market whenever it was. Down. Yeah, 2010-11. And raised um, an evaluation of $11 billion, and it's mm -hmm. still the biggest, most valuable tech company in mm -hmm. the whole of Europe, not just Russia. And the scale of the Russian market would suggest that you too would be a candidate for another multi-billion dollar Absolutely, yes. Uh, well, the commerce leader of Russia would be very, I think, higher than Yandex, <laughs> my belief. Yeah. Because the market is much bigger. Yandex operates in advertising market, which is basically a fraction of the retail business, mm -hmm. of the retail market. So whoever becomes a leader in the commerce, 
will be a very valuable company. Definitely bigger than any advertising player. And as was discussed, the most valuable asset in e-commerce business is a customer. Once you have a loyal customer who does multiple transactions per year, and we already have customers who do 50 to 100 transactions with us, I mean orders at the zone, there is an opportunity to add additional services like financial services or advertising services on, I mean, to augment the e-commerce business with adjacent services. So e-commerce company has multiple opportunities to expand in different areas, unlike traditional brick-and-mortar businesses. And your market at the moment, your focus at the moment is purely Russian, or are you thinking about going um, to the near abroad? I think there is so much potential and opportunity for growth in Russia that we need to focus on this market. Because I mean, when you get up to size and the growth rate starts slowing down here, but then you will be of a size um, and a sophistication that something like the Ukrainian market should be easy picking. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, of course. But that's going to several years down the road. I think so, yes. So far, the, the focus is on, on Russian market. Then nearby countries make lots of sense, especially the countries of the customs uh, Situation with Michael Calvin and Baron will resolve mm. positively. 
Um, of course, it doesn't help Russian investment climate, the situation. Having said this, I think e-commerce is about building the future. It's about building uh, what Russia will be in 10, 15 years from now. This industry will grow no matter what, because this is what customers want, and this is industry which is more efficient than existing ones, and efficiency will win. Mm-hmm. Uh, state-owned banks, they're not the bad investors, actually, if, well, if for example, I own IPOs at some point in time, it's possible that one of the state or banks or both of them will invest in this business because this, this business requires capital and this business has a very big opportunity for growth. So nothing bad about state-owned banks investing in this industry. Uh, I think for international investment community, stories like e-commerce in Russia makes lots of sense. This industry will be growing very fast and there are multiple examples globally of uh, high-quality execution, which eventually end up with lots of capital I mean, returns generated for investors. Russia will be not different. Russia is a market which is, I would say, made for e-commerce. Big distances, it's hard to do brick-and-mortar retail, and efficient, efficient e-commerce players can thrive in this environment. And would you agree that Russia is um, a story of two economies, the new economy and the old one? Or do you think that you know that's an exaggeration and that the because it's a huge consumer market and incomes are continuing to rise and simply through use that it'll rationalize and become sensible? I think it's a it's a bit exaggeration because uh, private brick and mortar retail chains are also develop, developing fast. We see that X5 is changing and Gaskimir, which which is one also of Sistema Assets, is doing lots of good things to improve improve the business and gen- are generating very good returns for investors. Uh, so it's not black and white, but uh, as we discussed, the proposition of millions of products at attractive prices delivered to your home is so attractive and appealing to customers especially in our country with a big distances. That I don't see how e-commerce cannot win in this market. It's simply a matter of high-quality execution, and this business requires lots of like thinking, uh, manpower, attention to, to details to become efficient and growing fast. And also capital. It requires capital to develop the infrastructure. Great. But for me, it's simply a matter of time. Well, I wish you all the best in your business. It's an exciting one to be. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you for visiting us.